Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And welcome to 12th Men Rising's Seahawks show. I'm Lee Vowell, one of the experts at 12th Men Rising, but really the star of the show is Kevin Daggett because he grew up a Seattle fan and he's the one with a really informed and well-spoken opinion. So again, I'm Lee. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Ready for uh, ready to get some football going here pretty soon. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, this show is very conversational. So it's just two fans talking about the Seahawks. Hopefully we'll have some... Uh, some guests on that will uh, make it enlightening to fans everywhere. But, you know, just talk about last year just a little bit. I mean, it was a very disappointing season because of, I thought, all the injuries. If everybody stayed healthy and Blair Walsh would have made a few kicks, maybe they make the playoffs. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl. They probably don't. Well, they definitely don't because the Eagles totally, you know, they screw up everything, as it turns out, and made Bill Belichick, make, made, made him look like a bad defensive coach, really, in the Super Bowl. But... You know, they probably make it to the playoffs if Walsh makes a couple of field goals. They go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. Not a long run, but what what were your thoughts on the 2017 season? Yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, I've, that uh, the whole situation with Hauschka was kind of a, you know, I, I was kind of torn. I liked the guy, but did he need to go? Probably. But Blair Walsh, really? And, <laughs> you know, he... he he proved himself to um, probably not be the correct guy. I mean, he, he, you know, he did. We, we would have won a couple more games if he would have made a, you know, made some kicks. And, you know, I think majority of the, of the fans out there would, you know, put that on him, but, you know, the offensive line had issues, obviously um, all season, they kind of got it together after a while, you know, they made some, some trades and got some guys in there, but um there was just a lot of seemed to be a lot of disarray um a lot of uh off the field stuff that was going on and and there just seemed to be it it wasn't as cohesive of a team as as it had been the years past and ego 
you know, like I said, off the field stuff and things just fed into it. But, um, and, and the injuries, the injuries are huge. And, you know, when we got, we got some, some age on some guys and you're going to start having injury issues and, you know, the older you get, the longer those injuries take to heal. But, um, and when you got, when you got our defensive backs that hit as hard as they do, (laughs) there'll be some injuries sooner or later, but yeah, I agree. They, they, I'm disappointed they didn't make the playoffs, and it, you know it, it was just, the end of the year was real tough because like, well, if if the Seahawks do this and so and so does this and so and so does this, they can make it. I'm like, really? <laughs> we gotta, we're in this math, these mathematical situations. I hate those things, but yeah, you know, there we were. Yeah, because the, the the bad thing about it is, you know, we've gotten so used to the Seahawks making the playoffs and not thinking, well, if this happens and this happens, they make the playoffs. It was a matter of, you know, they make the playoffs and see how far they go. And, and then after last year, you know, I mean, again, if there weren't those injuries and things like that, they probably still make the playoffs. Don't win the Super Bowl, but they make the playoffs. And then this year, of course, you know, they've made so many changes. Richard Sherman's gone. Michael Bennett's gone. Uh, Cam Chancellor's gone. Sheldon Richardson, who who I don't really count that much because he had the one year in Seattle. It wasn't like he was a long-term player who formed the foundation of what the Seattle Seahawks have become. But still, he's gone. Um, and really, in his stead, the the pass rushers, I mean, you've got Deion Jordan, who, how many games is he really going to play? Plays, if he plays six games, that would be a miracle, I think, at this point. And you've got yeah. Frank Clark, who really has to prove he can be the guy instead of the number three guy and earn that next contract. But they've made so many changes as far as who they've let go and a lot of more outspoken guys. And they still have a few of those, like Doug Baldwin, which we'll get into in just a second. But... Um, you know, Baldwin is a guy who I don't think anybody dislikes. It seems like, yeah, he's a little bit outspoken, especially about police departments, but his father is a police officer. It seems like everybody actually respects what he has to say because he doesn't do it in a way that's like, uh, you know, disrespectful, I think, where some of the other players, even Sherman on the field was getting a little bit disrespectful with with Daryl Bevel and maybe rightfully so, as it turns out, but and then off the field uh, more and more so, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like the players they got rid of, maybe, you know, just throwing it out there, they are better off because the team can, as you mentioned, more cohesive in, in recent years. Maybe they come together in 2018 as one more centralized unit under a common goal than they were if the the splintering was happening with Bennett and Sherman and things like that. I, I, does that sound crazy, or what do you think about they're that? Gonna, they're going to have to. and I, I, I agree. I mean... You know, Baldwin has his opinion, but that's not what you know him for. I mean, Sherman and Bennett were kind of known for being these these guys that were all this outspoken stuff, and and you know, where you could ask them something and they'll give you opinion. Baldwin says stuff, but then goes on and does his business. You know, he's not he's not a um, like you say, he's not disrespectful about it. He's not. It's not his main main focus of um attention he goes out and he catches footballs and and you know he's, he's got that chip on his shoulder and it helps him out and he's finally getting getting some respect that he deserves in the um in the league and, and he does a good job and i think it's going to be interesting to see who becomes a leader on the team obviously russell wilson's a leader on the defensive end of things who's the leader 
it's not clearly Tedrick Thompson at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's not going to be Earl Thomas. I mean, you know, because we got that whole situation, and you know, if he even plays or whatever, but he's not—he's obviously not, um, you know, this this one hundred percent. I'm a Seahawk guy anymore, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do, you know, what's what's right for the Seahawks. So you know, he'll be a leader out there, but he's not. He's, he's, uh, they're going to have to, some, some, and obviously somebody will, you know, people will rise to the occasion and be, and be leaders, but, um, it'll be interesting to see who does. And I, I love, I love Ken Norton Jr. Um, I, I really like, I hope, I, I'm, I hope he does well. I'm sure he will. I, I just, I really like his attitude, his work ethic and, um, you know, the, the way he, he, uh, he coaches. You have any concerns though, just the Raiders have not been very good defensively over the last three years. Is it his coaching or is it just besides Khalil Mack that he really just don't have the players? I don't know that. I don't know that the Raiders had all, I mean, they, you know, they were doing pretty good until Derek Carr got hurt, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, and I, I don't have any, nothing against Chris Richard. I think he did a great job. Um, I just don't know. I, I like, I just, I've always liked Ken Norton as a, as a person and, and, you know, the way he goes about things. So I just, I've, you know, I hope he does well. I've got high hopes for him, but you know, time will tell. We'll see, but I'm not, I'm not unhappy about that pick as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I wonder it's, what does it say about Richard that he went from the Seahawks defensive coordinator that was very successful really. And we all know it's really Pete Carroll's defense. I mean, no, no offense to Richard or, or anybody that's ever Gus Bradley or anybody that's coached under Pete Carroll. It's Pete Carroll's defense, just like it's yes. Bill Belichick's defense in, in New England. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. But what does it say about Richard that when he left Seattle, he didn't get another coordinator position. He had to go to the pass. What was it? Pass defense coordinator or whatever in Dallas. Um I, I, does it say that the league just didn't respect Richard, or or maybe they maybe as Seahawks fans we've really uh, kind of overthought how good they were defensively under Richard? Well, I think you make a good point. It is it is Pete Carroll's defense. It's like we're gonna run, we're gonna line straight up. We're not, we don't have a lot of schemes to run at you. You know, we don't have all this this uh, um, these different defensive packages that we're going to put together. We're going to line up straight on you and, um, and hit you hard. And yeah, I don't know that there was, there was a lot of defensive coordinator positions open, you know, Richard may get another shot, but you know, and and one thing might be, there was, (laughs) there was a lot of, uh, and again, this, this is probably more of a reflection on, on Carroll than anything, but there was a lot of discord on that defense. I mean, he had some mouthy guys out there that that um, were allowed to be mouthy, and I'd say that's more of a Carroll thing than anything. But you know, I don't know. We'll see. What, I don't know. I think Chris Richard did did a pretty good job, but um, it it might say something about that though that he's not he didn't go from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator. But you know, then you can look at Derek Dooley. What did he do? He went from head coach of Tennessee to what does he do at Dallas Cowboys? The receivers coach. I don't even know. Actually, no. Um, I think I think that's what he's supposed to be doing, but who knows? 
Yeah, that's actually, you know, it's 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 funny. That's a good point you brought up because we talk about the outspoken players who have left and almost all of them are, are I mean, Paul Richardson left, but he wasn't an outspoken guy. You know, I don't remember him ever really saying anything of note. I mean, no, no detriment to him. I mean, maybe he said lots of intelligent things. It just it didn't stand out on recent Seahawks teams because you had all these defensive players. So maybe maybe that will help the defense. I mean, the defense did regress last year and it regressed the year before as well. And it could have been that the players are getting older. And and the thing that gives me hope, at least for 2018, and, and, and I kind of joked about Tedrick Thompson, but he's had a good training camp so far, is the fact that the, the defense is Pete Carroll's defense. We all know that. But really, the secondary, the Legion of Boom, that's his baby. I mean, he's a he's probably the greatest defensive backs coach in NFL history. You know, if you go all the way back and maybe people are like, what, what, what in the world is he talking about? But look at Pete Carroll's history and the defensive backs he's developed. And even when he was an assistant coach on on when way back with Bud Grant and the Vikings teams, the the secondary is his thing. So he knows how to teach it, and he knows how to get it to the point where it's good. Even after they left uh, or lost uh, Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman last year, they didn't really fall off last year. What those last six, five or six games, they were had given up 20, 20 yards a, a bit more a game passing than they did before they lost Chancellor and Sherman. And some of that has to do with the fact that they really couldn't stop the run, even with Bennett and Richardson and yada yada yada. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I think the D, the secondary is going to be still good because Pete Carroll knows how to coach it. And he's got some young guys who have like Thompson, like Delano Hill, like uh, Shaquille Griffin, who have come up through the system and they know the Seahawks way of playing. Even if it's just one year, it still, it still matters. That second year, a lot of players like Richard Sherman took a jump forward and hopefully Shaquille Griffin will as well, because he's going to be. Uh, the main cornerback in, in the scheme and Byron Maxwell on the other side, and Justin Coleman playing the nickel and, and things like that. But, um, you know, you, you kind of hit on something when you were talking about just how, um, you know, what Pete Carroll does defensively is pretty simple. I mean, this is what we do. You have to beat it. Whereas Tom Cable tried to make things seemingly a lot more complicated on the offensive line than they should have. And I think that, and, you know, there could have been a lot of reasons, but I think that was one of the main reasons Jermaine Effetti really hasn't worked out in this time in Seattle. So now they have a new coach, new offensive line coach, Mike Solari, who came over from the Giants. And they, they weren't very good, but he also didn't have very good players to play with, to work with. And and he has developed great offensive linemen in the thousands of years that he's been coaching in the NFL. What do you think about Jermaine Effetti? Do you think he's going to take a step, a big step forward under Solari, even though they've also been working him out at, at – right guard as it turns out a few times during camp which i'm not sure what that says but just simpling things down you think that's going to help a fetty and not have him have 365 uh penalties in 2018 i would hope so i mean it, if not they're gonna have to cut bait with the guy i mean they just signed sweezy today so which you know i'm getting the old band back but um <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're gonna they they um uh, short up. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dwayne Brown. Yeah, Dwayne. I was thinking. I want to say Olson for some reason. Uh, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne Brown. I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking of, but yeah, I think he's going to have to. I mean, you, you know, you 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 uh, took a pretty high draft pick on the guy, and you're going to have to do something. I mean, let's 
you know, put up or we're going to have to move on from you. But the, you know, the penalties, that's, huh, that's a killer. I mean, you just can't have, you can't have that many penalties. <laughs> no, and I, I think the offensive line is going to be better this year just simply for the fact that I think they, I think Solari will come in and simplify the scheme. I think if Fetty will be, I mean, he can't be any worse. I mean, he wasn't, and the funny thing is he hasn't been God awful. It's just, he sets the team back so much because of the penalties and, and other things. But you know, most of the time he's not bad. It's just, no. I don't think he's been used to his skill set has not been used. Yeah. And I think Solari's more straight ahead approach to, to scheme blocking zone scheme blocking will help Fetty, but I also think it's going to help Dwayne Brown. I think it's going to, uh, Ethan Posick is going to be a, a year stronger, which, you know, he was decent last year, but he just didn't have the strength. I don't think anybody expected him to play the role he did um, late last year when, when Seattle was really just barren as far as how many injuries they'd had offensively and defensively. I think Justin Britt's going to be better. Um, he was good in 2016. He wasn't terrible in 2017, but I think he, he'll be back to 2016 level in 2018. Um, DJ Fluker, this may be, you know, the Sweezy signing may be more of a, uh, we don't think Fluker is going to work out. Yeah. Sort of a Fetty thing. That's what I was thinking too. I was, I'm wondering about that. Cause I mean, Sweezy knows the deal. So, I mean, he's been, he's played for this team before. So, um, it wasn't, but you're right. It might be Fluker. Fluker, Fluker might be the, the, uh, the casualty in this deal. Yeah. And maybe that's why they were trying out a Fetty, you know, in training camp is the fact that it's not that he's not working out at right tackle. We kind of know what to expect, but let's move him into guard because we have no answer, even with bringing in Fluker this off season that he, that he can actually be a productive guard in the Seahawks system. So maybe bringing in Sweezy and then moving, you know, um, and there's also George Fant. I mean, yeah, he was left yeah. tackle and he, uh, who knows how good he would have been. He probably, he wasn't going to be Dwayne Brown ever, but maybe he was going to be okay. And now they've got him trying to work him out. Maybe deflects back and forth, the left and right tackle. Not so easy, but you know, if you're new to the position like he is or like he was, cause he still hadn't really played that much at left tackle, maybe moving him over to right tackle. He can actually do it cause he has a, has athletic ability. So it's one of those things. It's it's kind of interesting. But what do you think about the draft picks that, that Seattle had? I mean, it took Rashad Penny, which was a surprise to me. I mean, Penny was great in college, phenomenal stats. Maybe he'll be great as a pro. Um, Chris Carson, of course, is is coming back off injury. Everybody says he looks like a beast. And basically, if he had stayed healthy in 2017, I'm not saying again that the team makes the playoffs, but maybe he – I mean, they're a totally different team with Carson running the ball than anybody else they had last year. But, you know, Penny and Carson, Penny was their first-round draft pick. And then they got Will Disley. Um, and you got Rasheem Green coming in. as He's going to have to step up because they just have a void of – of pass rushers. What do you think about the, just the draft picks they had this year? And, and, and let's not forget Dixon out of Texas fifth round punter. Yeah, we, we, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes with, uh, if they're, you know, if John Ryan's going to stick around or not, but, um, yeah, I, you know, the Seahawks, they, they're, they, I'll never understand their draft. I mean, they, they actually, you know, picked a little higher than they usually do this year with with penny and i, I you know you talk about running backs 
I don't know who's going to make the team. I mean, there's no way all those guys can can stay on the team. No. I mean, what do you got? You got McKissick, Carson, Penny. Um, uh, yeah, I think those three. Pro, make it. Pro size. Mike Davis. I think that's it. I think you hit those five. I think it's pro size. If he can stay healthy. Yeah. And Mike, Mike Davis, McKissick, Carson, and Penny. I think everybody else is gone as far as running I think, I think McKiss, McKissick and Carson – we know they're good and you know if Carson can stay healthy and then Penny we'll see but um yeah the draft picks I mean you, you know you never know that's I, I, you were talking about the defensive backs and man Pete Carroll being good at you know those defensive backs if you look I mean they always pick up some some defensive backs you know every year in the draft in those late rounds it's, it's almost like we're, re, we're just going to restock this with a few guys get them in there you know, let them get used to the system, and then you know, hopefully they develop, and then when they have to step up. So, there always seems to be a lot of, uh, um, you know, relatively good or good uh, defensive backfield prospects on the roster, and so um, it kind of goes along with your point talking about Pete being uh, focusing on the defense, defensive backs. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, <clears throat> draft picks. I wish. Um, I'm a little <clears> – <throat> I was talking to some buddies the other day. We were texting back and forth about um, <clears throat> that uh, – I can't – what's that guy? I can't, that Michigan – the guy, Michigan State guy. Um, oh, um, uh, yeah, the guy they just cut. Yeah, it's like what a um, – Malik I mean, McDowell. Malik McDowell. I mean, Alvin Kamara was sitting right there. <laughs> you think about what we – could have had instead of that. Who, who is that guy? He, he yeah, who is that guy? What? <laughs> oh, he was. That's right. He was the backup running back at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why that head coach is now an assistant coach somewhere deep on the <laughs> Alabama coaching. Exactly. Getting getting uh, Saban's coffee. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you you like, oh man, if if. Uh, but the, the funny thing is, Kamara was the backup to the guy who is now a receiver at Baylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that about... crazy? <laughs> it's insane. Um, yeah. And he, and he got he got to play because the other guy quit the team. <laughs> and what what happened when he played? He, I mean, this is way off. So Seattle fans are like, what in the world are they talking about? Like, Kamara came in and over 300 total yards against a really good Texas A&M team. And it's like. And this guy, we all knew he should have been starting and playing the whole time. It's like, come on, man. This guy, the coach is gone after this year. It's ridiculous. He should have been. Anyway, but um, so, yeah, I mean, you hit on uh, Ken Norton Jr. What do you think about Brian Schottenheimer bringing him as as the offensive coordinator? I like it. He's a a young guy. I mean, he's, you know, it's it's obviously a promotion for him. And, um, you know, I, I... I trust Pete Carroll, I guess, to a certain extent. You know, Schneider, um, I don't know. I'm not – he's he's the drafts, – the drafts picks over the past few years have been, you know, I don't know, a little, a little suspect. So a lot of those guys haven't turned out. But, um, you know, I think it's a good move. I think uh, uh, Bevel needed to go. Um, I don't know that there's any way they could have kept him around. Um, I don't think the fans would have <laughs> – would have put up with it but right. um you know i think shot you know if, if he uh hopefully he can get creative and um uh yeah i i, I don't know i i'm not opposed to him I, I like the guy um 
you know, he's been around the league for forever. So, you know, since he was what, 10 years old. <laughs> well, yeah, probably out of his, out of the womb because, you know, he's Marty's son. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think a lot of people with, and, and I, I'm still kind of waiting to see how Schottenheimer actually does. Uh, maybe he'll be great, but I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on the yards that his offense has gained instead of the points that his team, uh, his offense generated. Because, yeah, while they weren't, um, you know, uh, a team that was top 10 in the league in yards, they were top 10 in points uh, twice. Um, and it's a matter of efficiency, I think, with him. So, you know, is he is he Sean McVay? No, of course not. Um, but... They don't need him to be. That's not the point of the Seahawks off. They really want to get back to running the ball. They know Schottenheimer can get a team to run the ball because, you know, he had Mark Sanchez for all those Jets teams um, who were good and made deep runs in the playoffs. And he's never had a quarterback like Russell Wilson, which a lot of people talk about. But it's it's the simple fact is it's true. He's never had a, a quarterback like Russell Wilson. So he may be able to make the Seahawks offense more efficient, maybe Russell Wilson more efficient, but it's also flip, the flip side of that is Russell Wilson might simply make Brian Schottenheimer a better offensive coordinator as well. Yeah. Wilson's so versatile and I, you know, I hope that he needs to stay healthy this year. And I, you know, he's always, he's always been a smart quarterback and, and uh, you know, tries to, he not tries to, but he avoids, avoids getting hit a lot, but, you know, he's taken a beat, you know, over the last couple of years, um, some unnecessarily, but, uh, you know, and, ho- and hopefully we have a good running game. I mean, I think, I think the Seahawks were struggled for you know a couple of years there without Marshawn Lynch. Cause it was like, Oh, we got Marshawn Lynch. And all of a sudden we don't have him. And it's like, well, what do we do now? And cause when you had him, you just give him the ball and he goes, you don't have to do anything else. You, give Marshawn Lynch the ball and throw it a few times and you're good. But, mm-hmm. um, and Russell Wilson runs around and, and, uh, but now you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't have a Marshawn Lynch for people to focus on and Russell Wilson's running around. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> Who are you, you going to focus on Russell Wilson running around? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And maybe that'll change with a healthy Carson, hopefully and, and Penny and maybe a, an offensive line who's better blocking because J.R. Sweezy, you know, in, in Tampa, if he had ever stayed healthy, which he didn't, the point of their offense was not to run. It was to have Jameis Winston drop back and, and pass and then do a little bit of the run. He actually is a pretty decent run blocker. So if Seattle can get back to, to running the ball the way they want to run the ball, it's going to help everybody involved. Or It's still going to be like, you know, it's going to be uh, the the offense is going to look a lot more like it did in 2014 and, and 13 and, and a little bit of 15 before that second half of the year where Russell Wilson just blew up, but it's still going to be a lot more ball control. And hopefully, you know, last couple of years, Russell Wilson led the league in, in touchdown passes last year. And he played, I mean, the way he had to play was ridiculous. I mean, anybody who gives Russell Wilson a hard time, he scored everyone. He was involved in every one of the Seahawks offensive touchdowns, except for one, which sounds ridiculous for an NFL team, but it's true. I mean, he was asked to do too much. Did he probably try to do too much at times and, and, you know, scramble out and make a play when he shouldn't have? Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, as a human being, if you're also the only person who's scoring touchdowns on your team, it's natural inclination to try to make more out of a play than it's probably there in the first place. So, you know, Russell Wilson, I'm happy he's in Seattle. 
basically. Yeah, um, and he's so he's so competitive too. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna lay down. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So, um, you know, next week is the first the first preseason game. We'll have another show, another podcast before that. First uh, preseason game is on Thursday. So. Uh, just last few notes. Anything about training camp? Are you worried about Doug Baldwin's uh, seeming injury that he's out for two weeks? Do you even care about that? Because he's, you know, it's two weeks. Who cares if he misses two or three weeks or even plays in the preseason? It's the real games are what matters. So are you concerned about that at all? No, I didn't. It didn't sound like a real major, major injury. So you know, hopefully he'll rest up and get him healthy. But you know, he's another guy that's getting a few years on him. So. Um, but uh, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. Which is exactly why they need to sign uh, Des Bryant. Bring him in, a young guy. Um, no issues off the. No, I'm just kidding. So, yep. <laughs> um, Big body. Yep. So, what are you looking for in that one or two series that Russell Wilson plays for the Seahawks? Are, are you going to stay up till um, 10 p.m. Eastern time or 7 p.m. Pacific time and, and watch all of that first preseason game they have? I doubt I'll watch the whole thing, but I just don't want Russell Wilson to get hurt. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, those first preseason games, it's like they have guys named like in the third and fourth quarter, they put guys named like Lee Vowell out there, this 5'9", you know, guy who runs like a six one forty, and it's like, oh, let's just make sure he doesn't get hurt. You know, it's like that yeah. you know, first preseason game is... is pretty meaningless especially in the second half because you think about last year just everybody listening what happened in the first two games of the preseason last year um there was a quarterback who's no longer on the seahawks team didn't even make the team who ended up just being huge boykin played phenomenally in those first two preseason games and austin davis did he did okay too but he wasn't boykin boykin was exciting as it turns out, he didn't even make the team. So, how much are you going to really read into those first two preseason games? You know, so exactly. It is what it is. So it's just to make money. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I, this kind of putting you on the spot, and me too, because I hadn't even thought about this. But it's uh, you know, it's our first podcast of the 2018 NFL season, and there's been a lot of predictions as far as uh, what the Seahawks are going to do this year. You have any predictions as far as their record? Uh at this point, I really don't. Um, if he asked me about the Rams, I'd probably, I could give you probably a thirteen and three. <laughs> but, yeah, but the true. Seahawks, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I'll, I might wait till till next week or a couple weeks before I before I give a prediction. We'll see what give a little more <laughs> thought to it. I'm gonna guess that they go seventeen and fourteen. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's the games that Felix Hernandez starts that they don't do very well in. Um, but other than that, I think Wade LeBlanc is going to step up and and lead them to uh, have a chance at making the playoffs. But um, if people don't aren't following the Mariners, now you should because they can't score any runs, and that's the whole point of the team. But uh, anyway, that yeah, that's our show for this week. <laughs> they are going to blow it. You know they're going to. Um, that that's our show. First. Uh, podcast of the 2018 season i'm i'm lee and that's kevin and uh, we want a big shout out to rob still who's engineering our show making it sound good hopefully and uh, you can catch us every week so thanks for listening to 12th man rising's seahawks show podcast and go hawks go hawks
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.